you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I like, you know, helping, guiding, advising, or teaching my peers, kiddos themselves. Um, so I really feel called to that. Um, I think there's so many ways that I could fulfill that purpose, um, but I'm really happy to do it here, especially on the scale that I'm able to do it on now. Each day across the country, there are thousands of incredible Centria team members working to better the lives of autistic individuals. We will be highlighting the journey of these remarkable people and getting their unique perspective on how they stay connected to the mission in their positions. And then I'll connect their story to a principle in behavior analysis to further illuminate the application of our science. We're your hosts. I'm Timothy Yeager. And I'm Lisa Cunningham. And this is the Do Wonders Podcast. Well, Mallory, it's great to get to talk to you. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. <laughs> How long have you been with the Centriot? Almost three years, actually. Um, so I started uh, the onboarding program in May of 2020. Wow. Yeah. We started at the exact same time. Oh, wow. Yeah, I started Centria. Well, I was hired in uh, January of 2020 and was supposed to start February of 2020. Um, but then... The, pandemic hit and uh, I didn't start I didn't start till June Uh, the world changed (laughs) uh, yeah slightly yeah (laughs) um so what was like your journey to Centria uh tell me about like your like experiences education like what what led you to Centria yeah um so I graduated with my undergrad in psychology from University of Washington in March of 2020 um and it had always been my intention to move back home to Tucson, Arizona. Um, This is the community that I was raised in. This is the community that I want to help affect change in. Um, So I was looking for a job uh, to move me back home. Uh, Found Centria. um, Felt really called to the role. I think it really aligns with what I feel my purpose is. And I started as a behavior technician. Wow. How, how long were you a behavior tech? Uh, only about nine months, but, you know, steep learning curve. Started with one kiddo, 10 hours a week. Worked up to full-time between two kiddos, both very different, um, within a couple of months. Can we talk a little bit about your first experience as a technician? And as an undergrad in psychology, is this something you had done before, or was this like a brand new, brand new role? This was brand new, um, and I actually really like telling people that because I think sometimes we get concerns about people being new, but I learned on the job, so can a lot of people. Um, yeah. What was that first day like? Really nerve-wracking. Um, yeah. I got, you know, I finished onboarding. You know, sometimes you're a little disjointed between onboarding, who's my supervising clinician, you know, which is a little complicated by Tucson being a pop-up market at the time, mm-hmm. just not as much structure around it. Um, but got a call from my supervising clinician, got a case, took the case, told me where to be, what time, when I, how long I'd be there. Um, and he actually met me there on the first day, which was um, a lot of comfort. And this is uh, regional clinical director, Brett mm-hmm. Newby. Um, who I've worked with since I started at Centria. But he was there. He sort of helped me navigate those first conversations with the parents. You know, I always recommend, you know, asking 
what does the kiddo like to do? What are their preferred reinforcers? You know, what are maybe antecedents we would try to avoid? Um, and so he stayed with us for a little while. Kiddos really like, really like Brett. Um, oh yeah. So that was fun to start. And then um, there were two two kiddos we were servicing in the house. Um, that I was going to. Um, so there was another tech there too, which was fantastic to start with. That's awesome. But really nervous, like you know, felt like an imposter, much like starting any new jobs. What am I doing? Um, but started the pairing process and just went from there. Unlike most jobs, though, you have someone right in front of you who needs you, which yeah. just adds a whole nother layer of like complexity and nervousness. I, I too started as a technician. I started in August of 2007. Um, and like Tucson, Fresno is quite hot. And I can remember being in a home where that was somewhat warm and I tend to get the nervous sweats. And I was just like really sweaty and just <laughs> nervous. Um, yeah, I get that completely. Did you start with a really little kiddo? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> young child, nonverbal, and um, I had a heart to help. I just did not have the tools or skills to help. Um, and unfortunately, I did have Brett Newby as my clinical director overseeing. Mm. It was a challenge. All right, so you start at Century as a technician. Um, uh, you're not a technician now. What, what's that journey what's that journey been like and like, when did you make that transition to your role yeah um also love this story <laughs> um so when i was a tech i actually got my rbt credential as well so went from being a behavior technician to an rbt um definitely recommend doing the credential for anyone listening or wondering about it it's fantastic um but I had expressed that, you know, maybe some things were missing for my professional life to uh, Brett, and uh, he got me some other opportunities. So I started um, doing some senior tech hours with some other technicians, um, so I was able to help them improve their skills, get some social reciprocity from those interactions, um, and that really kind of transitioned into helping more technicians on a larger scale. So I was offered the administrative assistant position, which I started in March of 2021. We're still a pop-up market at this point. We have like 30 clients. Um, and then we got fast-tracked to a regular market on April 1st of 2021, um, at which point I took the field staff manager position. And we just have a growing market that we're working on we have over 100 clients now. I've been able to train another field staff manager who's also local and there to support her technicians locally. Um, and we're pretty proud of it. As you should be. Tucson's a special market with a special culture. A lot of really good people that have really bought into to the mission. And it seems like you have a really good team there. Thank you. I'm a fan. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, one, one thing just to pull out of what you said, which I think is sometimes a struggle for leaders is when someone comes to them and they, they say that they, they want growth or they want to, they want more, they want to do something else. And, um, I can imagine Brett in that moment feeling like, well, you're one of my best technicians, right? You're doing a great job. Um, 
but effectively to create space for people to grow and, and develop and it's uh, um, really a testament to like to you and, and, and the growth that you've had through this company in, in uh, almost three years now in this in this role. Um, and the FSM is, is one of our like most important roles with respect to like making sure that the services are occurring with the people that we need them to be occurring with. Um, so maybe you can tell a little bit about like, your roles in FSM. What, what does a day look like? <laughs> it looks so different every day. Um, yeah. As you know, any situation, I think, with clients, families, clinicians over telehealth, there's so many situations that are nuanced. And I think that those um, nuances really take up the most of my time. But I really prioritizing staffing activity. And the main point of that is to pair clients with their behavior technicians, hopefully for a really good fit. So I spend most of my day doing that. So offering additional hours to current and active technicians, um, but also um, passing cases over to recruiting because we're growing. Yeah, you're definitely growing. What's a good day? Like when you when you leave, when you leave, you know, or when you put the headset down, I should say, and like uh, in the end of the day, what's what's a good day for Mallory? Uh, good day is every case open that was scheduled happens tech is able to get on their ipad and sync their session at the end of the day they feel like there's support there for them from me clinically from their supervising clinician um i feel really proud of days where i'm able to find additional hours for techs who need them i don't want to lose them but you know i'm really restricted by what clients are on my desk at the moment um so i i'm so happy whenever i find a schedule that's a really, really good fit for a technician. Um, and I like the days where I can help support my techs when they call me with stuff they might be going through either professionally or personally. Um, and I try to connect them with the resources that they need. So either, you know, some follow-up, maybe some one-on-one time for their supervising clinician or team member support and any other department that they can connect them with in the company. Um, sending EAP resources, um, letting technicians know that there's leave of absences available for them, that we're here for them. We understand that they're going through things in their personal lives. Um, those are the days that are good days when I yeah, hang out my headphones. That's awesome. So you mentioned earlier uh, when you, you moved from Wash, Seattle to, to Tucson, that this type of job really aligned with like your, your purpose. Yeah. Um, can you tell me more about like what is that purpose? Like, what, what is your why? Yeah, um, I feel really called to help individuals um, improve their quality of life in order to reach their full potential, and specifically with skills acquisition, right? So you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> and I like, you know, helping, guiding, advising, or teaching my peers Um kiddos themselves. Um, so I really feel called to that. Um, I think there's so many ways that I could fulfill that purpose, um, but I'm really happy to do it here, especially on the scale that I'm able to do it on now. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, I try I try to talk about a behavior analysis every now and then in this, in this podcast. And um, uh, the term reinforcement is used quite a bit in our field and positive reinforcement um, is used a lot. And whenever that term's used, most people think about like 
tangible things that are given, right? Like, um, sometimes it's like rewards, like food or praise, or in, in some of our services, it could be tokens, but it's like some external thing, um, that's given that, you know, the actual definition is anything, any stimulus that's given or that's for positive reinforcement, any stimulus that occurs after a behavior that increases the likelihood and future frequency of that behavior occurring. Right. Um, the knock on reinforcement often is that it's external. Like uh, um, a behavior analyst wouldn't say this, right? But it's like this is external like motivation, um, extrinsic motivation. But um, our science has evolved and we think about reinforcement in a lot of different ways. And so um, one area of our, of our field um, and a branch of psychology called acceptance and commitment therapy um, talks about how one lives a life accessing positive reinforcement. And, and what you described is you have a purpose or a set of values that are important to you. And at least part of those values, this job fulfills. Um, and so the actions that you're committing on a, on a daily basis that align with this purpose um, puts you in a place of accessing positive reinforcement, fulfillment, joy. Um, and I think it's a really important aspect of, of the work that we do. Cause, um, I like, like most people, uh, I'm sure your job is tough and hard and there's stressful days and there are days where it's not a good day. There are days when you put your headset down and it's, it's, you know, you're quite frustrated. Um, and, uh, and those are typically days where like things that you're doing aren't putting you in line with that reinforcement. And. I would bring that up just to like share with the audience that uh, um, positive reinforcement is so much bigger than than uh, what's often talked about um, within our business, but even just um, across the across the national conversations when when this topic comes up. Absolutely, yeah. Um, there's implicit reinforcement. There's all kinds of yeah. reinforcement, and we yeah. you know, often use those external um, pieces of reinforcement to help build those internal uh, pathways for reinforcement. So where a social interaction or maybe a verbal conversation wouldn't be reinforcing for maybe somebody who is nonverbal, when we get them to a place where they can communicate in that way, that can become implicitly reinforcing. Yeah. And that's where it starts, right? Um, And then somewhere where it ends is having a professional like yourself enjoy the work that you're doing, the support that you're providing. Um, and that, that starts to function as reinforcement. Um, should be a really powerful experience. And that's, it, it truly makes like, uh, at least the, the foundation of why we're social people, um, is, is these reinforcers that occur of us being social. Yep. Especially us being able to teach each other certain skills. For sure. And one of the, one of my most rewarding moments professionally is when someone that you're supporting or helping comes in contact with, you know, it working some aha moment, some feeling of like them feeling joy as a result of it. It's powerful. Absolutely. Um, Yep. Yeah. Well, Mallory, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day. Um, take your time out of like the work that you do to, to help support, um, Tucson, um, I look forward to seeing you next time and uh, surely appreciate getting to know you better today. Thank you so much um, for giving me the opportunity to tell my story, brag about Tucson a little bit. Talk to you soon. Of course. Take care. 
And that concludes another episode of us telling the stories of our incredible staff and their work to support our powerful mission. Until next week, do wonders. Thank you.